Hey, this is Chase's Rundown, Denver's greatest real estate podcast. I'm Chase Satrowski, a practicing real estate broker with Kentwood City Properties in Denver, Colorado. Today we're going to be talking to Lisa Lundquist with Heritage Title Company about the woes of wire fraud. The woes of wire fraud. This is some seriously spooky stuff going on out there, guys. These armchair warriors are in it to win it, and they have a billion dollars to show for it. You know, they dabble in the gray area. They, uh, they feast on our inability to, to provide more um, secure communication methods. I feel like real estate as a whole um, is seriously lacking in its uh, complexities and the, the secure channels that we use to transfer the sensitive information around. And people pay for it with thousands of dollars. Uh, you know, in legal fees, in, in just being out funds, it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> Anybody else have allergies in Colorado? So leases, you know, it's all about this transparency and the idea of taking the gray areas out of so much of, of how it, of this, of the transaction of the deal. I mean, you guys should be focusing on, uh, you know, how it's going to positively affect your lives. Um, and you shouldn't be just like a sitting duck waiting for people to, you know, potentially treat you as prey. So Lisa does her own uh, way of kind of taking the, splashing some color onto the gray area. And it's her closers in cars. And it's great. It's a lighthearted way uh, of getting to know the, the title people, the people at title, the title peeps. We talk about it in the podcast at pretty good length. So give it a listen, let her know what you think, and she'd love to hear from you. So then to back it up, thank you for listening and leaving a review and telling me if you love the podcast, if you hate the podcast, or if it's something in between. And let's hope that it's something in between because that's where the nuance lives and that's the best part of anything. So outside of that, check me out on any social channel of your choice at Chase Satrowski. And if you like what I'm, I've got going on, shoot me a DM. Tell me that you, uh, tell me what you think. So with that said, let's get to it. Let's pump some knowledge through your speakers and into your brains. This one might save you tens of thousands. This is from the horse's mouth. This is going to be our title insurance episode. And I'm so happy to introduce Lisa Lundquist with Heritage Title. And tell us about what you do at Heritage and what Heritage is all about. Well, first, thank you for having me. So what I do for Heritage is I'm on the sales side. So I get to work, work, whew, I get to work with awesome agents like you and lenders and talk them into using Heritage Title for their closing services. Talk us into. Yes. Okay. So 
One of the things I've been with a couple other title companies before getting to Heritage, and I, I say it's like Goldilocks. My first title company was too small. My next title company wasn't a good fit. It wasn't comfortable. And then Heritage is just right. Awesome. And what I love about Heritage is I was a closer before I was ever in sales. And so I wanted it's your relationship with your closer is the most important. People can love me. They can love the tools and services that I bring, but if they get in the closing room and they don't have a phenomenal experience, they're not going to use me. Mm -hmm. So when I came to heritage, I want to make sure that I have the best closers and I do. Awesome. And we all do. We all have wonderful closers, but I'm biased towards mine, obviously. And then, um, pairing with that, we also have really great products and services that we can help you grow your business and get you where you want to be. Save time, save money, have great closing experiences. Cool. Yeah, and then um, one of the things that I love the most about Heritage and why I say it's the best of both worlds is because it is a local company. We've been in Colorado for the last 40 years, and we are also backed by um, one of the largest – the nation's largest title insurers. So our parent company insures one in every three transactions. So cool. you've got that nice local feel with like a big solid backing. So mm-hmm. best of both worlds. Yeah, and so you do a really nice job at making those people – because title people get, you know, kind of overlooked because they aren't, you, they're just at the end and they're usually a smiling face and they're very proficient at what they do. Uh, but at the end of the day, people are just kind of sitting there going like, God, okay, well, they were quick. They were great. They were quick. Mm-hmm. But you do a really good job in your Closers and Cars series by bringing them a lot more personable. Like mm-hmm. you bring the personality a lot more forward and you're able to really give life to a whole person outside of that like hour of, of, of sitting in a room with them. Right. Well, thank you for saying that. And I think the biggest thing is when you get to the closing table, it's maybe not the most exciting part. It's very cool because you're about to get the keys or you're about to get a paycheck from it. Um, but as far as it goes, it's not the most exciting part. I think the most exciting part is, you know, when it comes after when you're a homeowner or when you sold your first home or mm-hmm. sold an investment property. Um, but people want to work with people that they like and they trust. And I think it's kind of like you said, if somebody's just telling you sign here, sign here, here's your numbers, you don't get as warm and exciting of an experience as if you have an agent that looked out and got you a good closer that that makes it what you're looking for. If you want it quick and fast and you're done and you're out of the room, or if you want it to be like this big party celebration, because yeah. it is so cool. Uh-huh. You know, that's what's really important is finding that fit and making sure that you are getting what you need out of the closing. Yeah. I feel like my experience with title companies or closers in particular and for anybody that's not too familiar with what a closer is, a closer is the is the point is the point contact with any title company that takes care of your title insurance. And so I'm sure we'll run over uh, like a speed bump what title insurance is at some point. But um, they have a very big piece of the tra- of like you buying or selling a house, but you only see their name every once or in a while. Uh, and if the transaction goes really well, you'll only see it maybe once or twice. And then they're at the end, kind of like Lisa was saying at that big party at the end. Now, um, just recently, I would say, they and title company, I guess lenders and title, but title, title people in particular always have that giant uh, clause at the end of their signature. And so it's so funny how I feel like what has all of a sudden jumped to the top of that long disclosure at the end is wire fraud. Yes. And so there is a tremendous amount of wire fraud that's happening right now. Um, It's always been happening, but right now it's really kind of taken the top cake 
on those signature lines because of how rampant it's gotten. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really curious to hear how how Heritage, how you and your career um, have have kind of stepped up to address it, mm-hmm. and I guess really lead us through how you guys as the as like the people who have to deal with it most are dealing with it. Maybe give give us some background. Sure. Um, So like you said, it is totally rampant. I have a um, statistic for you. So since 2016, when they started tracking all this good stuff with wire fraud, it was found in all 50 states and in 131 countries. Yes. So, I mean, it's all over. They're targeting everyone. Wow. Um, And it's interesting because they just kind of keep moving up. They get smarter. They find a new program because it used to be cashier's checks. People Mm -hmm. would bring fraudulent cashier's checks or they would kind of like scan them through there. So you didn't want cashier's checks. And that's when we moved to wires. And Mm. it's kind of interesting that now we're kind of like, oh, you know, maybe bring a cashier's check. It might be a little safer. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. Yeah. To think that, you know, we moved forward and now we're going back to the uh, the tried and true method. Right. Um, But what we do with wire fraud, because like you said, it is so rampant. In every every state. In every state. So it's not just major metropolitan areas. No. That's insane. Isn't it crazy? That's nuts. Yeah. And it's so interesting too, because um, wire fraud is so big and so wide but you can drill down into like different parts of it and different parts of the scam um, because there's people that they'll use like a middle person and mm-hmm. this is heartbreaking to me and so crazy but they will target seniors like lonely seniors and act like they're gonna fall in love with them and they want to be with them and they oh. just need them to intercept this money for them to get to america How or to creepy. get to where they want to be yeah so they're like hey i need you to receive this wire for me and so the seniors are like sure like i'm so grateful to have somebody to talk to somebody mm-hmm. that's there in my me. life yeah yeah and they'll intercept a wire that that the schemer is um feeling mm-hmm. and they'll make them their middle person and then it'll hit that person's bank and then they'll run it out from that person's bank. So it's so, it's so crazy. Bastards. Yeah. It's wild. All the different aspects of it and how, how deep it gets. So, um, one of the things that we do is when you drop off earnest money, we hand you a form about wire fraud and letting you know, we are never going to email it to you. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. And here's numbers to call to verify it. Mm-hmm. Or here's what to do if you think you've been hacked. Um, because that's another big one is people get hacked all the time. And yeah. You look at it and you think, well, if you're closing with Heritage Title Company and this is telling you to wire to like Blue Mountain Homes in Minnesota, that's got to be a red flag. But yeah. we deal with this every day. This is somebody that's maybe buying their first home that's just so nervous. Mm-hmm. And they're like, if that's where they tell me to send it, I'm sending it because I don't yeah. want to lose this And they're home. inundated with a ton of stuff to begin with. Oh, your mind is just reeling. It's like inspection clauses and movers mm-hmm. and i got to figure out what my mortgage payment is. So it's just like that whole onslaught of different things to worry about that you right. just you keep it moving and it, and it doesn't red flag for you. And that's why I can say that People having people like yourself or people that um, by you going out and making title reps or closers more personable, mm-hmm. it it slows the transaction down just a little bit. And if if people have the opportunity to go, oh, that's my closer. Oh, in a in a quick five minute thing, I can put a face to the name mm-hmm. rather than just having it be essentially like a name going across on a ticker where it's like, oh, who's that? You know, yeah. oh, it's just another person. Is everything okay? Okay, well then, I guess I don't need to freak out and I could just let it go, mm-hmm. right? But let's say that it is just like that ticker and they don't want to question it and that name throws something out there like that. Right. Then they aren't, they don't have, even if it looks a little weird, they don't have the 
face to then go, well, let me give her a call mm-hmm. or let me give him a call. And, you know, this doesn't seem right. So when you make them that much more personable, like you are, it really provides, it, it, it takes some of that gray out. Right. And it puts some color into it. And I think that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to back it up a little bit, wire fraud in real estate. So what a wire is, is it's an electronic way of transferring funds between a, one place and another. Uh, so a financial institution, so when you're paying for the, the first down payment of that home, the money that you're bringing to the table at closing, there's one method of transferring funds from your financial institution to the title company that then is going to give it to the, the seller. And you're going to wire it there. And so what's happening, and you tell me, if this is how I've seen it. I've luckily never had a client run into this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like a, liter- a literal nightmare if you get caught up in it. So oh, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong in just this kind of run through. So uh, you're ready to close. And all of a sudden you get another email from who se- from somebody who seems like they'd be in the transaction. And they say, hey, by the way, you know that title or that wiring number that you're supposed to send it to Heritage or to a title company? That it's actually changed. And, you know, look at the end of my email tag. It looks, it looks legit. My signature looks legit. Here's even a phone number that you can call and I'll pick up and we can talk through it. But this email is actually fraudulent. It's not that real person. It's somebody disguised to then give you that other wiring information, which is going to send it to not the title company, but another title company. Then they quickly send it somewhere else, typically out of the country. And nobody can, is, so that's the nightmare. Yes. What happens then if I call you the title? So if I'm on the, if I go, okay, hey, I just wired my funds over to to you guys. Um, did you get it? What's what's the pick, procedure? Pick there? it up and run. Okay. So, and you go, no, I don't have it. <laughs> no, it's not here. Isn't that great? Your whole life savings for your new home. What are you talking about? I have Ooh. your I have for your email right here. Yeah, definitely. So what you want to do in that situation, and one of the things that I love about um, Heritage partnering, being owned by a a big national company is we've gone out and we've established relationships with all the banks Mm -hmm. across America to say, Hey, if this happens and our wires get taken, we're going to call you and we need you to stop this immediately. Mm -hmm. And there's no questions asked. It's we've gone and we've said, you know, this is, this is something prevalent that's going on. If we call you, we need it to be done because once it's out of the country, once it's been moved to the next bank account, you're not going to see it again. It's gone. How much time do you have roughly? Not a lot. I would say, I think it just kind of, it depends. I think with like a smaller branch, you've got like a longer window and they're verifying that wire to get it out. Mm-hmm. If it's somewhere like Wells Fargo or First Bank that's doing hundreds upon thousands of these a day, it's probably, you can turn a, a wire can get sent in like an hour. So once they've receded it into their bank and they've got the funds in, it's good funds. A mm-hmm. wire is as good as walking in with cash. Yeah. Um, so you can turn that around in an hour and get back on. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so, yeah. So we have a kill chain. As th- the second, yeah, isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. It's like, title is not sexy. It's Sounds not the most legit. interesting thing, but like with wire fraud, now I've got kill chain. I and love we're, like, it. We're friends with the FBI now. Uh-huh. So it's getting more interesting. But we have a kill chain. So what we do then is we, we get in touch with the bank right away and we say, hey, do we think this is a fraudulent wire or something happened with this when it got hacked? Please Please freeze those funds. Don't let anybody touch them. Don't send them anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then the next step from there is to get in touch with the FBI. Because they're the ones who have to follow up on this stuff. Uh Um, Because it's a scam. And it's that's how you kind of have... 
when you stop one, ten more come. Yeah. But you still have to stop that one. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do is we, we stop it with the bank so it can't go anywhere and the, your funds aren't lost. And then we bring in the FBI to kind of trace that back and get it back to the rightful owner so it doesn't go anywhere. So let's say the worst thing happens and I don't find out about it. We don't find out about it until six hours later. Like enough time that it's gone. Yeah. What happens then? Your money's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Now, who, somebody's got to be responsible for it. Right. There, yes. Right, um, of course. Oh, yeah. Somebody <laughs> always gets gets held holding the bag, right? So who is that? Um, it's kind of everybody. I think when you lose money like that, you, you go after everybody. Yeah. Um, so it's an agent's on the line for it. Um, their company's on the line that they work for. Mm-hmm. People will go after the lender. They'll go after the title company. Um, and you can get the FBI involved, and you can kind of have them source where the money went. But it kind of works like a shell game. So if they transfer it from one account to the next, it's mm-hmm. not sitting in a bank in Switzerland, and they're just, you know, happy-go-lucky living off of it. It's probably gone six more places. Yeah. So it's a really long change. Ch- to, to figure out where it ultimately ends up and by the time you kind of figure that out it's, it's probably pretty well gone sure and I mean you're very rarely are you talking about a sum of money that's less than 40 grand right right so uh, virtually instantaneously I mean within a couple hours all of a sudden something could be on the road and on the rails to a happy ending or very quickly a bunch of different independent businesses business people and individuals can really quickly be in lawsuit heaven. Oh yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And then all the while the person who's who's essentially the victim of all this, not even essentially, is the victim of all this, they're out sixty grand now having to figure out what the heck to do. Right. And who's their advocate? All of a sudden an attorney who they've never met before and these people who they built a rapport with over this past, you know, month mm-hmm. is all of a sudden the enemy now. It's Oh my God, it's, it would be, I couldn't imagine being in that situation. Right, and it's a domino too, because it's like, if you sold your house now and you've got these funds to buy a new one, well, your house is gone and these funds are gone, so you, what do you do? There's, there was one case where the people said that they're living in their kid's basement now because that was their money to buy a new home and it is gone. It's brutal. Yeah, and it's like this. And that's been within like this last year or so. Exactly. And then think about that too, because if I'm the buyer of your house and my funds get stolen and I don't buy your house now, I've set you back weeks in the process. And then you are probably selling your house to buy something new. So then you can't buy that house. Mm -hmm. And it's like, where does the buck stop? It kind of just goes. The buck stops in your kid's basement. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's ridiculous. So, okay, so why isn't. How many people do you have the same conversation with and their eyes go turn into like fishbowls when you tell them that this is reality, that that's, that's actually what's happening? Um, you know what? It's getting, because it's gotten so popular, people, people don't like their eyes don't get wide like saucers about it because they know it, but mm-hmm. the whole intricacies of it, the ins and outs and how deep it goes and how big the scams are, that's when people are like, whoa. Yeah. So at least they're cognizant of it. Um, when we, at least once a week when we take an earnest money in our office, people will be like, oh, I know somebody that that happened to, or oh that my. happened in my company, or I know an agent whose email was hacked and this happened to them. Wow. So it's like, it is really, really widespread. And then um, I got another one for you. In 2017, nearly $1 billion of real estate funds was diverted or attempted to, to be diverted. No so, way. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. $969 million. Wow. And that's – so to quantify that, again, 
wired funds, I mean, what? I'm going to even do So, like, let's say you're buying a million-dollar house. Mm-hmm. You know, 20% of that's 20,000, you know, what, 200,000? Yeah. So, not every house is a million-dollar house. It's actually probably, like, what, 5% of the entire thing? Right. So, to accumulate over $900 million worth of stuff, yeah. that's so many individual transactions. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. Right. And you could think of the spiderweb effect because one way that it can happen isn't necessarily just from a title rep. Mm-hmm. Since there are so many different points of contact in this thing, oh, yeah. it could be any one of them. And then as soon as they get in there, they sit, wait, and then just they duplicate everything to a T, and then they just send it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I'd never know because unless I'm checking my sent mail... Oh, and it gets worse than that. You want to hear some some scary stuff? Oh. Um, this will make you want to go off the grid. Um, <laughs> as salespeople, we're social, you know, so we don't technically love to sit in an office. Like maybe we want to sit in a coffee shop or we want to be around people. Anytime you log on to free Wi-Fi, there's something called um, man in the middle. So what that means is when you're at Starbucks and it's like Starbucks free Wi-Fi. Oh, that's awesome. I don't have to use my data. I'm going to log on to that. Well, here you are on Starbucks's free Wi-Fi, and here's Starbucks free Wi-Fi, and there's somebody that's hosting that, and so we call that man in the middle. Oh, damn it! So he's seeing everything that you're doing. Oh. And like you said, with waiting, so they watch that and they hack in your email and they see who you're emailing, lenders that you work with, mm-hmm. uh, buyers that you've got under contract, sellers that you're listing their home, and they go on your Facebook then and they watch. Oh. When did you go look at homes? Mm-hmm. When did you put something under contract? Okay, here's a rough date when funds should come if I follow your Facebook timeline of being out with your clients. Mm-hmm. So here's when I know to watch yeah. or when I send that email. Because these people aren't stupid. No. And they've got like a, an, a keen sense on really when to screw some- Really, really oh, yeah. somebody. And you think about it, and it's like the average bank robber could run into a bank, hold them up, and get three grand. Uh-huh. You can sit at your computer behind a, a wall and get a million dollars if you really keep awesome. at it. Yeah. And it's really wild, too. So um, the Colorado Bureau of Investigations did a class for us. And I'm not a big tech person, so I don't totally understand all of it. But they were saying with hyperlinks and like coding that you can copy your exact email. So chase at kentwoodcity.com, they can have an email that looks exactly like that, chase at kentwoodcity.com. Mm. But in coding language, your C is actually a one. So it's never going to go to you. It looks exactly the same. Uh So a little trick that we learned for that is don't reply to an email. Because go back to letters. Yeah. yeah. Just start pen and paper. <laughs> you know, so we'll go smoke signals. Yeah. Pen and paper get down. Oh, man. Um, yeah. But if you forward an email. So if you and I are having a dialogue and I get an email from you and it's like it's weird and it doesn't sound like how you and I usually communicate. Uh-huh. If I hit forward and I send that email back to you, yeah. it's going to pull your known email from my address and ones that I've emailed before oh. versus sending it back to that fraudulent one. So forward instead of reply. Forward instead yeah. of reply. Oh. Yeah, game changer. And good for your clients, too, because... Dang. Yeah, it's wild. It looks exactly the same, and you don't think anything of it. You know, you're like, oh, Chase sent me this email, and I'm yeah. just going to reply because it's it's his email. Oh, I'm a bigot. I bought that reply button hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But if oh, you, it'll pull from your address book, and then you know you're getting the right one. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what are some other tips? Hmm. Um... Verify. Verify everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I would say establish boundaries from the beginning. You know, if you're an agent, people 
people hated encryption. They're like, oh gosh, it's so annoying mm -hmm. and I can't figure out this encryption and I can't get it done. But it was like, hey, it's it's there for a purpose. Totally. Um, so if you get encryption, don't balk at it. Um, and we've started encrypting settlement statements just so that people can't get their hands on those. Mm -hmm. And know um, the number. Exactly. And know what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, so if you get something encrypted, and like you as an agent, if we send you something encrypted, don't save it and then send it to your client. Right. You've, Defeats you've, the purpose. Exactly. You've made it pointless. Um, and then also communicate upfront and often. I will never email you wiring instructions. Your closer will never call you. They're, they'll do this. Like that sort of thing. Like uh -huh. set, the bound, set the parameters of how you're right. going to communicate with people. And then that way you've got... Um, processes in place that it works. You mm -hmm. know, if, if you tell somebody, I'm never going to email you wiring instructions, your title company's never going to email you wiring instructions, this is the one and only way to get title instructions, then when that email comes through, like, oh, hey, we at the title company have had, um, we're super busy, we can't call you, you can't call us, just uh -huh. send them here, that's going to be a red flag. Totally. So have you read some of the emails that, that fraudsters send? Yes. What do they, it sounds like that? Like, we're too, hey, by the way, which is totally believable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it is stuff like that. It does sound exactly the same. Um, signature blocks look the same. Uh -huh. They'll copy, like, your watermark. Or, like, oh, if you have, like, an inquire before you wire, they'll copy that in there. Wow. They'll get it all down to a T. And we actually have, I didn't see the numbers for last month, but we have a running log to say how many fraudulent emails we've received, how many we've stopped. Really? That sort of thing. What yeah. are your numbers? They're pretty good. Are they pretty good? They're pretty good. I mean, they're high. We get a lot of attacks, um, but... Dude, we've got people online. Yeah. Does anybody have any questions? Yeah. This is our first Facebook Live one of these. Yeah. All right. If you guys have any questions, send it in, and I'll keep an eye out. Yeah. All right. Sorry to cut that off. No, you're good. Um, so that's just what we... We kind of like to establish that up front with that wire safe, and it is, you know, they'll... They'll spoof sellers and say, you know, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I don't have time to talk to you. Just, I need my wire sent here. It's a family emergency. I need the funds for this mm -hmm. if I don't get them. And they'll want the sellers to send them there. So it's just kind of like a whole face-to-face -face verification thing throughout the whole entire time. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned it too about like the ticker tape and with familiarity and personality and that sort of thing. No question is a dumb question. You are buying a home. Yeah. There is a stack of paperwork this big that you fill out. I mean, everybody wants to know everything. You have a loan application. You give blood. You promise to name your firstborn child yeah. after the agent. Like, if you ever have a question, call. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, like, how I like to run my side of things. I work with closers that are like that, too. There's no such thing as a dumb question. And if it's a dumb question or losing $600,000, um, I will take a dumb question all day long. Totally. Yeah, because, again, how many people are, are liable, mm -hmm. right? Oh, so yeah. quickly. Yeah, and it's not anything that gets <coughs> cleaned up fast, you know? It's not like, oh, you know, we wired your money out to the wrong place, but we'll get you another 50K in, in two weeks, right. no problem. It's, right. It's legal bills, it's time, it's all that stuff. Well, and then how quickly, like, everything is on hold. Mm -hmm. Everything, right? Oh, yeah. Something major just... Prep like it, it. There's no like proceeding. As soon as that happens, faith in every party is completely gone. Mm -hmm. And so it's uh, it's interesting how there was such a, a concerted effort in from where I you know from my rocking chair. How it seems like every business got together at some point on the um, the real estate side, the title side, and the lender side, and was mm -hmm. like, 
someone got burned real bad and they and everybody else is like oh it's not going to that's not going to be us yeah yeah and so the one thing that i've always heard and that i, re- I recommend people do is call the main directory you find off of google mm-hmm. and then have them forward you to you yes because i the creepiest thing i've heard is people have had conversations with people on the phone mm-hmm. Ugh. isn't that that's horrible. Don't you wish, like, you hear this stuff and you're like, could you use your powers for good? Like, what could you do in a world if you use these powers for good instead yeah. of evil? Mm-hmm. Because it is. They take the time. They set up the phone numbers. If my phone number is 303-887-1589, they'll make my phone number 303-887-1588. Mm-hmm. So it's just close enough. And they'll spoof my voicemail yeah. or anything like that. Or they'll yeah. talk to you and be like, yeah, no, this, oh, yeah, I just sent you over an email. That's it. Get those there. And it's like... Again, you have so much going on mm-hmm. that you're just like, okay, yeah. That's I talked to somebody. I talked to a live person. Yeah. I got an email from somebody that I've been receiving emails from. Like, everything seems cool. Yeah. And and everything seems cool. It's a perfect way to, to put it where it, that's what we do. That's our job is to make it be a seamless transaction. Make mm-hmm. it so that they don't have to, you know, sweat the small stuff mm-hmm. and they could just proceed with their lives because – Lives don't stop when you're buying or selling a house. Right. And at that same thing, when people are constantly encouraged to document and get documentation and have it in writing so you can refer back to it and do all this stuff, all of a sudden I – and if you've been conditioned to do that your entire adult life Mm -hmm. or even before that, and all of a sudden somebody's saying, yeah, give them a call. Right. That's – that – you're – it's like that – it's like, da, 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 you know, it's the machine that's going along and it's just like the smooth oiled machine. And all of a sudden they're going, call, yeah. well, wait a minute. How am I going to hold their feet to the fire? I need to make sure that what they're saying is real and I need to be able to document it and all this stuff. And it's just, oh my God, they're using the best of intentions just so against us. Right. And it's, you think about it too in that scenario, it's like, well, I, I have it in an email. Like, I don't have time to pick up a phone and call. I'm driving it. I want to write it. I don't have pen and paper to write it down. Like, right. It's, it's wild. They, they know. Mm-hmm. They know all the nuances, all the ins and outs, and that's why they've copied it to a T, and that's why they've gotten away with a lot of it and, and made as much money as they have. And, I mean, it's, it's rampant. It's everybody in the transaction. They'll, they'll get the lender. They'll get the payoff lender. They'll send you a fax from Wells Fargo saying, you know, our, our information has changed. We need you to send it here instead mm-hmm. to, the, to this new account. Yeah. And you'll get, a, you'll get a payoff fund. And that's a big one, paying off somebody's mortgage. Sure. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, your, your mortgage never got paid off. And if you don't close with a reputable title company, they may not be here in five years. Totally. And then, and then what do you do? Right. What do you do? You're kind of SOL because... <laughs> Hearing that from you is terrifying, right? Because you're a fixer. <laughs> we do. We like to fix things, and you. Know, but that's something where you gave money to a title company, yeah. or some a lender gave money to a title company to cover the cost of your mortgage to be paid off at closing. Yeah. And then it falls on that title company, and then if they're not there, your payoff lender never got paid. So mm-hmm. that money is still owed. So they're never going to write you. Um, anything saying that, you know, that's cleared or it's okay. So then you've got something on title saying this home, maybe it's a $500,000 home and you want to buy it for that. But, oh, guess what? There's two mortgages on it now. One still owes $300,000 and another one's $200,000. So nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Yeah. 
And so it, when you, with the title people that you're working with, what would you say is like the average, um, average time served, if you will? Like what's it, what, how long is a typical closer's career in title? Um, once you get into title, you never get out. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, our chief title officers have anywhere from 15 to 25 years, and our closers have the, the industry highest of um, 17 years. So you've seen it all. Yes. Oh, yeah. So where I'm leading toward is if somebody like that, where you have devoted your entire professional career to making it seamless and easy and being able to deal with things, if all of a sudden they get their their email gets hijacked mm -hmm. and something that is completely 100%, I think we've established that it's catastrophic. Mm -hmm. If they get their stuff hijacked and it turns into something that they just can't fix, I couldn't imagine how deeply troubling that would be to their psyche. Oh yeah. And so have you ever do, how do you guys handle that internally? Like, do they get counseling? Is that even like a thing? I don't know. I would that have to imagine it would be jarring. Jarring. Yes. Yeah. Cause you think, you know, I think, like I said, title isn't sexy or glamorous. Yeah. Um, but what we geek out over, or what we think is the coolest part, is you're helping somebody buy a home. Like, you're a part of somebody's biggest transaction in their life. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. This is where somebody, you know, probably brought their first child home from, and now they're selling it and moving on with their life. Or this is where a married couple is buying their first home together. You are a part of, like, the biggest points in people's life, and that is so cool. Totally. So when something like that happens, yeah, it's awful. And, and it's like you said, you don't trust anybody anymore. You know, and how do you go to work and be like, okay, I'm going to answer my emails, and I'm going to help this person get into a home, and I'm going to be responsible for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, but this has happened before and I don't know who to trust and it's like you almost want to be like can you just bring me like a suitcase full of cash and like we'll count it in the back room yeah. and then like, yeah. just something concrete that you can hold on to so these things don't happen for sure and because you said domino and mm -hmm. it's it, it's even beyond just the, the real estate side right well I mean I guess technically not but how many deals do each uh, title how many, how many deals does each closer usually have on their books at a time around like 25 a month is pretty standard so again taking that person who's juggling 25 different deals with mm -hmm. all different details and one of those gets compromised i can imagine like you know um in like the old movies where they have like the train like engineer and yeah. he like pulls the brake and, and like the sparks shoot out yeah i can just envision that being one you know somebody there yeah. so all of those other deals Get are right. are those sparks shooting out, and then oh, yeah. everybody from that. God. Yeah, because you're like, um, you know, hold on, this wire just got stolen or is trying to be diverted, but I got 24 other uh, yeah. videos to focus on. No, it's like that's the one that gets the main focus. Totally. And those other ones are they just have to wait. Oh. But that's why. Or have they been compromised? Like right. you have to reassess everything. Mm -hmm. Oh. And you have to watch everything. You have to think about your email, and that's why you know we get constant reminders. You know, if you unless you're expecting an, an email attachment from somebody, don't just open it. Mm -hmm. And we get tested all the time. You know, like they send us oh, okay. phishing emails, sure. like, "Hey, you know, um, here's your payroll stats. Like, open this link, or oh, we need this from you." And mm -hmm. it's like you have to be quick, and you have to be like, "This is phishing." Like, I I like my job. Don't take it from totally. me. Like, you have to be on it, and we have to be diligent. And that's mm -hmm. why you know, like when we first came down with the encrypting, it's like, oh gosh, do you know how many files I have on my desk? Like, I don't have time for this. It's not going to happen to me. It's fine. It's like, no, 
It will. Totally. It's just a matter of time. And so taking those extra steps and being diligent and being on top of it mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Now, do you think that uh, all the difference in the world is, I think, the perfect way to put it? Because your world can turn uh, fairly messy pretty quick. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. So who do, who is who is the leader in this? Somebody clearly had to be, like, you know, again, like I said, everybody. it felt like everybody at the same time kind of had the concerted effort of saying... Okay, buck stops here. We've got to, we've got to at least have a a united front in saying, you know, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. From your training, from your experience in this, who do you think has been like the real leader in like championing the cause? I think it is title and title companies mm-hmm. on the whole, just because they're the ones who all the money flows from. Yeah. You know, so it's like yes, the real estate agent's email gets hacked. Yes, the lender's email gets hacked. But the money's flowing through title. So mm-hmm. it's coming to title or it's going out of title. So I think we're the ones that kind of have to spread the message to watch out for it and be aware of it. Because yeah. ultimately our name gets thrown in the hat too when things go wrong. Yeah. Um, and I would say I don't know about some of the other title companies kind of what their plans are. But I know that Fidelity National Financial on, on the whole mm-hmm. has really said, you know, this is what we're going to do. They send out that email saying, here's how many emails we received. Here are how, how many mm-hmm. wires were trying to be diverted. Here's how many we stopped. Mm-hmm. And we did. We, we went to all the national banks and all, all the banks across the U.S. and mm-hmm. said, here's what we need to do. We need to work with you. Sure. Because if you if you get a wire diverted and you're at a smaller title company or you're you're not – in those graces with those people and you don't have a plan in place and, Good luck. and you're Googling FBI to get in touch with them and yeah. say, Hey, a wire just got diverted out of my company. Or waiting on hold. Yeah. And like with the, with the, um, you know, Hey, by the way, can I get you your wiring department? Yeah. Yeah. There are 25 callers ahead of you. Yeah. The whole time is it's like Dude. you're, you're sweating bullets. You're, yeah. You know, so if you don't have, if you're not working with a title company that has a plan in place for uh-huh. what to do. Mm. I would say get out of there. Totally. It's heavy. It's heavy because kind of as we say it and the automation, I always like to kind of bring it back. I feel like there's been a reemergence of making things more personable mm-hmm. and, and really trying to take the, the glitz and glam and the mystique of surrounding things. Um, I feel like nothing is more diffusing or more uh, – a better way to illustrate that than sitting in a car side by side with somebody. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you get that. Thank you. Right. And I mean, you could just see that the, the, the phone is there on the thing and in any one of your videos, I'm just waiting for you guys to just look right beyond the camera and like have something be happening right in front of your car. Right. Now do you like, so I think that that's so important with all of these high level concepts of, um, a wire, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what the reality of that is, is there's people in an office somewhere. And if it's a small institution, you might have a little bit longer. The reason is, is because whoever's walking down the hall to, to process, process is like a good blanket term. But what mm-hmm. they're doing is they're checking the information, they're pun- punching in the stuff. But at a large one, you have more people doing that walking. Right. So the fact is, is that your ability to call and stop that person in the hallway. Someone's able to lean back and go like, hey, Jim, hold on. Yeah, don't hit send. Don't hit send is your ability to do that gives – It's that is essentially the nuts and bolts of, an, of a true insurance policy of being able to – Yeah. 
One of the things that I really love about working for Heritage and the Fidelity National Financial Family is because um, our chairman, Mr. Bill Foley, mm -hmm. has kind of said that. You know, you have all these hedge fund groups that they come in from Wall Street, and what's their goal? They want to make money. Yeah, right. So they come to you and they they throw something in front of you that's like, hey, you're gonna this will increase your business, this will do that, it, spend money. Mm -hmm. What Mr. Foley has done is said, what helps the real estate industry and what helps the agent? One of our national um, sales guys, he has this saying that there are two types of ships. There's partnerships and there's passenger ships. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be a passenger ship where you call me because you've got a listing that just sold and I'm going to do title for you and we're going to have a great closing and it's going to be hunky-dory? Or do you want to be a partnership where I'm going to come alongside you and I'm going to make sure that your people know that I'm never going to send them wiring instructions, that they can call me all hours of the night. I'm there to help. I want to help grow your business. I want to make sure that everything is as seamless as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, who do you want to work with? Right. Uh, yes, I Well, I would take the partnership personally because it's, again, it's taking it's tearing down that curtain. Mm -hmm. Is Sure, you guys have a cool logo. You guys have you know branded products. You have that kind of stuff. But that's like, that's the glitz and glam that I want to tear down. I want to like pull that curtain down right. and see you guys kind of working behind the, the scenes. Yeah. The I want to see that. And, and other people do too. Yes. Because nothing is worse than if all of a sudden it's like, when you see the glitz and glam, it's like glitz and glam, we've got it. And then if something like this happens, you're going like, well, no, you don't. Cool. <laughs> you had a really great logo. And you yeah. Your office was beautiful and everybody looked really great. But I'm out all this money. Right. But if you have somebody like yourself that's out there showing the, you know, how it's working, yeah. it's not too much more. It's, and it's, it's, in my opinion, it's not as insulting to just go like, don't worry about it. Right. Because if, if I, if I'm a person, if I'm buying or selling a house, I want to be able to say, I don't thank you, but no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Give me the option to say that. Right. Don't just assume it. Mm -hmm. Right. By your by being able to say I'm uh, making this more efficient for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you thinking on my behalf, but I'd still like to know. Right. Right. And so by having people like yourself and by making your closers more accessible, I feel like you're doing that uh, in a really nice way. Thank you. Yeah. No, and that's that's this is a relationship driven business all day long. You know, nobody's if you walk in and they're like, I'm gonna sell your house in five days for this much money, um, but I'm gonna be a jerk to you the whole entire time, somebody's gonna be like, Do you know what? I'm okay. I'll find somebody else to work with. Yeah. And that's the thing with title too, is if you're gonna bring your clients in that you've just spent three weeks driving all around town trying to find a home for and they're gonna sign a deed of trust that says that, you know, if they don't keep the lawn up up and they need to do something to the basement or this, that, or the other thing, they're putting down all this money and they're on the hook for six figures. And somebody's just like, mm, yeah, cool, sign here. Yeah, totally. Or, you know, like you're selling your home and it's where you raised your kids and like where you made a life. And somebody's just like, yeah, here's your warranty deed, sign it. Yeah. You know, it's like you want somebody that understands, like, this is momentous. Totally. You know, no matter how many homes you buy, how many investment properties you have, or anything like that, at the end of the day, Buying and selling a home is the American dream, and, yeah. and it's a very, very cool thing. And you want somebody that celebrates that and understands that because you don't want to be in a closing room with somebody that's just like, sign here, sign here, sign totally. here. You want to be able to ask questions and feel like you're having a, an experience. Right. Because, you, yes, you're, and the experience is shared, and it's, it is a part of that relationship because, again, you guys are like the – punctuation mark at the end of the sentence, right? Mm -hmm. We've had some big, long, you know, transaction. And it, it's easy to just, I feel like um, it's easy to throw on an exclamation point at the end of it, mm -hmm. right? 
Woo! But some people are really crafty with like emojis. Yes. And they can really uh, set the scene appropriately. And, uh, you know, you could, you know, because if we can write the most eloquently worded and, you know, great transaction, all this community experience, mm -hmm. we just get a exclamation point at the end. So you guys are very much so a big, a bigger part of the whole. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what else do we have on? Do you have anything else on your thing? Nope. That was kind of it. Just we talked about like uh, the man in the middle. So be careful with that. You know, mm -hmm. if you're under anywhere, don't be like opening your bank statements and like doing stuff with your credit cards over right. free Wi-Fi because somebody can be watching all of that. Yeah. Um, another really good one is two-factor authentication. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if somebody goes and they try to sign into something and it says like, oh, your password's wrong. And then it's like, okay, well, email it. And they've already hacked your email. Then mm -hmm. they're just going to change that. But if you have two-factor authentication, then it's like you have to do um, a password and they're going to call you or they're going to text message you. That's a big one to help stop so stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like I said, just no dumb questions. Always call. Yeah. You know, I would so much rather somebody call me and be like, oh, I just got your wiring instructions. Is this right? Then, then lose anything. Mm -hmm. So okay, yeah. We'll put those in your back pocket and use them. Um, so enough of title. More about you. Okay. Do you want to get to know Lisa? Lisa's really into karaoke. <laughs> she is. I know. Watch her series, Closers and Cars. Watch her series. She's a fantastic job again in making those title companies uh, people way more personable. Because again, I'll be honest. I feel like the title company people have the most colorful signatures. <laughs> I would just, that's my, to, that's my take on it. Um, but sometimes you can get the wrong feel from that. So you do a really nice job of breaking those things down. So I, so you typically like to ask them, um, how you got into title and then, uh, um, What's their favorite karaoke song? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to turn the tables on you. Okay. How did you get into title? So I always say there's two ways that you end up in title, accident or nepotism. Okay. Um, mine is a combination of both. Uh, my dad builds homes. He's been a custom builder um, for like 40 years. Cool. So I've always grown up in that. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many vacations I've spent breaking, in, breaking and entering <laughs> into properties that are under construction just so he can like tell you what's wrong with them or what they've done well. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Like we've been going to the Cayman Islands. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be 29. So for 29 years, uh -huh. my dad still spends majority of the vacation driving around the island looking at developments. How cool. Yeah. You just can't get enough. No. Oh, I love he, it. Yeah. So like I've always grown up with that. And like I said, I just, I geek out. I think the home buying process is super cool. Mm -hmm. um, and I just was out of college and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I had a realtor that told me, you know, I started my career in title. Um, you should give it a shot. And mm -hmm. so I kind of did. And once you get into title, you never get out. Mm -hmm. And so I started as an assistant and I worked my way up to a closer and I, I really love being in the closing rooms. It's very cool, but it kind of got rote. It was just kind of the same thing over and over again. Sure. And so I love being on the sales side of things because I get to work with entrepreneurs that want to grow their business. Mm -hmm. um, so I get to be more involved with my clients and kind of have a hand in that. And I still get that feel good of being in the closing room and being a part of people's biggest transactions. Totally. It, it's, it's a niche that mm -hmm. I don't think very many people get a part of. And so you definitely made it your own. Yes. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so what's your favorite karaoke song? I think about this all the time because I always ask people it, you know, uh -huh. and, and um, we just did Closers and Cars yesterday and Stacy and I were talking about how it's uh, art form to pick a karaoke <sighs> song, you know, because you can't have too long of instrumental breaks because oh, yeah. what do That's you do? Um, you can't have one that, that goes on forever. 
Um, I'm not a big fan of her because I'm from Michigan and she doesn't have the nicest thing Oh, I thought to you were say. saying you're closer. Oh, no, no, no. I was like, wow, that's <laughs> I love <bold."> Stacey. No, <laughs> my go-to karaoke person would be probably Madonna. Okay. Um, but I'm not a big fan of okay. her because she's from Michigan. She's like the dance moves she doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't have the best things to say about Michigan. So like, that's, that hurts a little bit. Uh-huh. But she does have probably like, um, like what are, I can't even think of any now, but she's got good songs that lend themselves well totally. to karaoke. Well, you're, so you do it for the, you're in the psychology of karaoke. Yes. That's smart. That's, yeah. that's kind of what I do too. It, it can't be one that people can't sing along with because right. nothing's worse than when everybody's like, all right, up next, Chase with, and everybody goes, oh, they turn around when they hear the song. Yeah. It's like, or you're like the third person that night to do it. Yeah. Like, oh, we really can't take any more of this. Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Totally. Yeah. And I just wanted to send a PSA out. Don't pick Journey. Do you agree? <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, big Journey fan, but um, they're better. Some songs you just leave to, to the, the singer. Yeah. yeah. I think Journey, you can probably just leave to them. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I hope we've, we've done a little bit to improve the understanding of wire fraud. And, totally. And how not to fall victim. Yeah. So reach out to Lisa, reach out to uh, Heritage Title. Um, her information will be in the description. Uh, this will also be on our audio edition format, uh, uploaded to iTunes on probably by the end of the day. So check that out, listen to your car, and just stay educated, stay informed, and uh, work with those who earn your trust. So, awesome. Thank all right, you. with that, signing off. Bye, guys.